This is The Reality. Hello to you. Welcome to The Reality. I'm Dudley Anderson. So good to be with you. The reality is all about the reality of Jesus in our lives. If you've got a story to tell of the reality of Christ in your life, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, Dudley, at surereality.net. If you missed that email address, don't worry. I'll be mentioning it again a little later on. Well, today on The Reality, we're going to be talking to Rick McKinney. Rick McKinney and his lovely wife Jane trekked 2,770 miles across the United States of America by foot. A six-month journey that they took to share the love of Jesus as they walked and to pray for their nation. Rick sensed the Holy Spirit placing in his heart an idea to walk across his country sharing the gospel of Jesus and praying for the needy. He was prompted when he heard an audible voice from the Holy Spirit when reading Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. I was actually studying uh, Joshua chapter 1 that says, Every place you put the sole of your foot, you can claim for me. And the Lord's word to me was, what do you want to claim? And I said, our nation. He said, then put the sole of your foot down from one side to the other. And as we begin to move and walk, God will show you the next step to take and the next thing to do. And so faith is taking the first step. I can't fathom walking 2,770 miles, but I can imagine taking one step. Uh, We were doing this one step at a time. What an incredibly grueling expedition, walking across a whole continent. We chat with Rick today via Skype to find out more. Well, it's my pleasure to speak to uh, Rick McKinney today on uh, Skype. Thank you so much, Rick, for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. You and your lovely wife, Jane, tracked 2,770 miles across the United States of America. Wow. Walked right across the U.S. Why did you do that, Rick? Well, we really felt God speaking to us about our nation, and uh, we were very concerned about the spiritual and moral condition of our nation. And so uh, we felt like God wanted us to do something that was out of the ordinary, something that would catch people's attention, perhaps, and uh, cause them to listen to the message that we had uh, from the Lord. I was actually studying uh, Joshua chapter one, uh, getting ready to preach on that particular passage. And I read uh, Joshua chapter one, verse three, that says, every place you put the sole of your foot, you can Mm -hmm. claim for me. (laughs) And I heard a voice. I don't know whether anybody else in the room could have heard it, but I was alone and I heard a voice that said, do you believe that? And I turned around to see who was in the room with me and no one was there. And I heard it again. Do you believe that? And of course, this started a conversation with God and I, and I said, well, of course I believe it. It's in the Bible. (laughs) And the Lord's word to me was, Uh, Do you believe the principle? Do you believe the principle of every place you put your foot you can claim? And I said, yes, I believe that. He said, well, what do you want to claim? And I said, our nation. Mm -hmm. He said, then put the sole of your foot down from one side to the other. And that was the beginning of the planning. We planned for a year. Uh, We walked from Santa Monica, California to Washington, D.C. in about six months, putting the sole of our foot down every step of the way all the way across the country. We did it together as we agreed together in prayer, and it was the most amazing experience of our lives. Ah, wow, I bet. Wow, what a promise. Uh, You know, that's a scripture we often uh, confess. I've confessed that many times, you know, in life. Lord, I claim this place for Jesus. Uh, And so you literally did that, walked across America. Uh, You said it took you how long? Six months? 
six months. We walked about 20 miles a day, six days a week. Uh, We didn't walk on Sunday. We generally spoke in churches or in rallies along the way, telling people about the message that we had, uh, sharing with them what had uh, happened so far, the people we had encountered, and uh, the stories that uh, had happened along the way. And uh, it was a great encouragement to them, as it still is being uh, an encouragement to Christians all across the world, to go out and share the gospel with people and to uh, share the reality of Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's, that's how we did it, six days a week, and Sundays we took off. Wow, amazing. So uh, were you avid walkers uh, before this at all? No, absolutely not. I was the kind of person who uh, would drive from one store to the other, even if it was only a half a block away. Uh, <laughs> we were not athletes in any way. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think makes this trip so extraordinary uh, was that God called two very unlikely people uh, to do something that was way beyond their ability to do. And uh, I've noticed over my life of serving Jesus that many times that's the case. God doesn't always call the most able, the best looking, the smartest, uh, the most financially stable people to do his work. He calls the people who he knows ahead of time will say yes. And our uh, motto to life has been, we always say yes to God before he asks. Uh, Because if you wait till after you ask, you may be tempted to say no. So if you make the decision that uh, the answer is always yes, then no matter what he asks you, it's already been settled. Uh, You already know the answer. He already knows the answer. And he'll ask people like that to do things that he won't ask normal people to do who have to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, did you you train at all before you started this great walk? We did for a whole year. Uh, We walked about 1,500 miles the year before the actual walk across America, which was about half the distance we were going to walk the following year. Um, We went to shoe shops and studied feet and uh, the anatomy of walking, and we talked to other cross-country walkers uh, who'd uh, walk long distances. And so we did a lot of research that year before uh, on the kind of clothing to have, the kind of shoes to buy. Uh, and we did train uh, pretty rigorously for a year, uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, <laughs> if we had it to do over again, yeah. we would train more. Uh-huh. Uh, you're basically walking two-thirds of a marathon every day, six mm-hmm. days a week, wow. and your body never has a chance to recover. Yeah. So uh, we should have trained more. But uh, God was with us, and he enabled us to keep walking even uh, when our bodies were rebelling against that. That's phenomenal. You know, uh, what comes to mind as, you, as you're chatting, Rick, uh, there's an old saying that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called, you know. So uh, you, you weren't equipped for this. Uh, I dare say I'm not equipped to, to walk across uh, my own town, really. You know, I'm so unfit. Right. But God gives us the stamina, gives us the strength to do things like this, you know. And I'm thinking perhaps beyond the physical, you, you physically tracked across a nation. Uh, but sometimes God calls us to do things that we, we feel we're not equipped to do in life generally. Uh, you know, how, what, what's your word to, to encourage somebody, perhaps listening to us today, thinking, I want to do something great for God, but I don't know how to do it. I don't have the equipment to do it. What's your word of encouragement? Yeah, my word to, to folks like that is, uh, listen to the Lord. Uh, he will never call you to do something uh, that he will not enable you to do. And uh, one of the things that we found uh, as we were walking was God allowed us to encounter lots of people who had been called to do things, but they felt 
unable to do them. Uh, one man we met in the desert of California, uh, he was just walking along the road and we stopped, had prayer with him. And while I was praying, I said, Lord, uh, give him the courage to fulfill his calling. And when we got done praying, I looked up and he was, he was crying. He was weeping. Mm-hmm. He said, how did you know I was called? Uh, he said, God called me to start a church several years ago, but I never thought I could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, but I see now if two people can walk across America, mm-hmm. then I can start my church. And so my word to people who are unsure is that if you have felt the call of God in your life, he will absolutely enable you to do what he's called you to do. Uh, he, he's a He's a God who would never call us to do what we're unable to do with his strength. Mm-hmm. But you heard, a, you heard a literal voice of God uh, calling you to put your foot down, literally, uh, as, and walk across America. Uh, maybe, maybe I've not had a, a literal experience like that, um, Rick. You know, how can I be sure that I've heard from God? Well, uh, there are lots of ways that God speaks, and he, he certainly hasn't always spoken to me in an audible voice. Many times he speaks to me through his word. Um, many times he speaks to me in my devotional time when I'm meditating upon his word or when I'm reading a devotional. And lots and lots of times he speaks to me through other Christians, through other believers. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so intent on getting this story out Uh, to people because I know there are people sitting in the audience right now who are listening Mm -hmm. and God will use this story to speak his will and his purpose and his calling to them. And so many times it's, it's the voice of another believer who has had an experience that's similar or has just had the experience of obeying God and seeing God do great things that bolsters the faith in me to believe that God can do good things in me. Um, just step out. Just start doing something. I always tell people that uh, waiting on the uh, on the sofa at home or sitting in a chair waiting for God uh, to do something in your life is the wrong way to approach it. Just get up and do something. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you find out that as you begin to move, God guides by his spirit. He gives direction. He He orders our steps. He's promised that in his word. Hmm. And as we begin to move and walk, God will show you the next step to take and the next thing to do. And so whether he speaks in an audible voice or through his word or through another person or just through your obedience, uh, God will speak and he will show you what to do. If we acknowledge God in all our ways, the Bible says he directs our path. He directed you literally across the United States of America. But uh, he will direct our path. You know, and I always say this, uh, it's cause and effect, uh, Rick. You know, acknowledge God is the cause, the effect. He will direct your path. That's right. Uh, And and wouldn't you say there's a a measure of faith in this as well, to trust that God's going to direct my path? Yes, definitely. Uh, I always tell people that faith is calling what is not so, so, before it is so, so that it can be so. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of a complicated thing, but uh, faith is taking the first step. Faith is acknowledging, uh, I I can't imagine, I can't fathom walking 2,770 miles, but I can imagine taking one step. Uh, And our, our kind of mantra all across the United States was the fact that uh, we were doing this one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And one step of faith leads to another step of faith leads to another step of faith. And so obedience and faith and uh, listening to God, it's all tied up in the the same 
kind of package uh, that goes along with fulfilling what God has called us to do. Absolutely, and and that's generally speaking for for life, you know, in, in general, uh, not just for tasks and activities in life. We have to step out literally and, and trust God to do what God can do because he's faithful and he will do it for us. Yes, he will. Fantastic. So uh, the two of you decided to walk across America. Who it was your idea initially? Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, so, so I, how, I, how did Jane respond when you said to her, "Honey, well, had, we got to walk I across had America"? This conversation with God, and then uh, Jane and I have been married almost fifty years. Oh, wow. we've been in we've been in ministry together almost fifty years, and so uh, we don't have very many secrets from each other. But this was one thing that I didn't just run and tell Jane. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of contemplated on this for a couple of weeks before I actually shared it with her. Um, and Jane is uh, is a person who's much more spiritual uh, than I am. She has a lot more faith than I do. Hmm. And I knew that when I shared this with her, uh, she would accept it as a word from the Lord. But I was still timid about sharing it. And her first response is, well, can we ride bicycles? <laughs> I, said, I said, no, we can't ride bikes because there's this principle involved of actually putting the sole of our feet down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once she, she got that, uh, she was fine. Actually, I have to tell you, Dudley, that I, I would not have made it across the United States if it had not been for Jane. Uh, she walked with blisters for six solid months. Wow. Uh, she walked in pain. Uh, almost every day, and I gave her the option to to back out many times along the way, and her response was always, quitting is not an option. God has called us to do this, and he will give us the strength to carry on, and there were times when I probably would have been tempted to give up. Um, the physical, emotional, and spiritual strain was unbelievable, mm-hmm. but because of her steadfastness, uh, I, I was able to continue and uh, continue trusting in the Lord. My wife is a musician. She's a singer. And uh, I'd say she sang about half of the miles across America. (laughs) Uh, She would sing and praise the Lord and worship him. And that would give me strength as we walked. So she's an amazing person and was was a great, great encouragement to us and and a very vibrant witness all the way across the country as we shared Jesus with people. I believe that. Amazing. Uh, So uh, six months, that's, um, well, all of two seasons. What was the weather like? We had been advised uh, to begin in California and walk from west to east because we wanted to start on January 1st and arrive in Washington, D.C. on July 4th, which Mm -hmm. is our nation's birthday. And so we were advised to do it that direction because it would be nice, warm weather in January, uh, but not hot, not scorching hot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, snakes and scorpions are kind of hibernating during the winter in the desert. We were going to have a lot of desert to walk through. So we started in January. It was nice, beautiful weather most of the time. Uh, We didn't have snow until we got uh, to a place called Klein's Corner, uh, which is right on the Continental Divide. It was snowing a blizzard that day. We walked all day in snow, but there was never snow on the ground because the ground was warm, and so it just melted as soon as possible. We had lots of rain. We had agreed ahead of time that we would walk in any kind of weather except lightning Hmm. uh, because a lot of the places we were walking, we were the tallest thing around. So uh, (laughs) we didn't didn't want to be on the lightning. There were about three or four days that we had to stop for an hour or two during a lightning storm. We actually walked very close to a tornado, close enough to see it. Wow. Um, We walked in snow and rain and sleet and uh, five degrees 
Times was about as cold, five degrees Fahrenheit, wow. as cold wow. as uh, it was. That's cold. And it was over 100 several days. So Goodness. we had just about every kind of weather you can imagine. <laughs> I could quite imagine. Incredible. Wow. Well, Rick, we've been talking a lot about your great walk across America. We're going to take a little break and get back after this. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sheer Reality. Listen again at sheerreality.net. This is a listener-supported radio ministry, and we depend on you, the listener, to help us produce these programs, touching lives around the world. To become a vision partner of Sheer Reality, go to sheerreality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. That is, become a vision partner at sheerreality.net. You've been listening to The Reality right here on this radio station. So good to be with you. I'm Dudley Anderson, sharing the love of Jesus and talking about the goodness of God. The reality is all about the love of Jesus and the reality of Christ in our lives. If you have any questions as we've chatted so far, or some comments, or maybe you would like some prayer, maybe you've got a story to tell of the reality of Jesus in your life, then I would love to hear from you. Do write to me by email, Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, Dudley at surereality.net. Email me, Dudley at surereality.net. I would love to hear from you. Today on The Reality, we're talking to Rick McKinney. Rick and his lovely wife, Jane, walked 2,770 miles across continental USA. He and Jane took six months to transverse those miles across the country. One day, Mike was reading Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread I have given to you. He heard an audible voice of God speaking into his heart, asking him whether he believed these words. Rick responded, Well, of course, Lord, I believe your word. And the Lord prompted him to literally put his money where his mouth is, or indeed his feet where the ground is. And Rick felt led to walk literally across the United States of America, 2,770 miles with his lovely wife, praying for the nation and ministering to those in need. Rick has encouraged us to simply go when God says go. He said that he had previously agreed with God that whatever God asked him to do, he would say yes. So it was an easy choice. So when God asked him to walk across America, he would simply say yes to his Lord. And so God equipped a middle-aged, unfit man and woman to take on a task that they would never have imagined that they could ever do. Perhaps God, the Lord, is prompting you today, as you listen to our program and our chat, to simply step out in faith and claim the ground where you're stepping one step at a time. It only takes one step at a time. Rick shares his and Jane's story in his book, And So We Walked, the inspirational story about a couple's walk across America. In the book, he shares many stories of their adventure. One involved a truck driver on Route 66 who pulled up and asked them for directions. He got out and wanted us to turn him around, uh, hold the traffic on both sides so he could turn this big rig around. And so we got to talking to Mike, uh, and he uh, had had a relationship with the Lord in the past, but had kind of fallen away from God. And so uh, we prayed for Mike, and he was driving a truck called a Werner truck. That was the uh, company he was driving for. So every time we see a Werner truck, uh, up until this day, we still say pray for Mike. And uh, everybody who's read the book, 
uh, praise for Mike. And uh, it's kind of an amazing thing. I don't know where Mike is today. We yeah. finally lost track of him, but uh, I know that uh, he's being prayed for every day. That's amazing how God joins the dots and brings people together, isn't it? Rick, I'm sure you've got other stories to tell. What other stories can you tell us of journeying across America one step at a time? Uh, There are hundreds of stories. Uh, My wife journaled all the way across America. She wrote down the name of every single person that we talked to, uh, which was hundreds and hundreds of people, and the stories that went along with those conversations. But I have one favorite story to tell. We were just outside of Winslow, Arizona, and we had walked uh, that day, and we were done for the day. We were getting ready to go back uh, to camp for the night. And we saw a young Navajo man who was at a uh, kind of a memorial that had been built on the outskirts of town. There were two large steel beams in this memorial. And uh, we called out to him because we wanted to talk to him about Jesus. And uh, he turned around and we noticed he was crying. Hmm. And uh, we said, you know, what's wrong? Is there something we can do? He said, I was just remembering. And it turns out those two big steel beams were actually from the World Trade Centers in New York City. And he said, I was just remembering uh, that uh, they sent us, the Navajo Job Corps, to New York City to clean up the debris, wow. uh, to sift through all the rubble and find bodies. Oh and he my. said, I was just remembering what it was like to find a body or to find part of a body in that rubble. And he was weeping. Wow. And so we began to talk to him. His name was Rick. He was a Navajo. He was homeless. He was living under the bridge of the interstate just a block or so away. And uh, so we talked to him quite a while. And I said, when we got ready to leave, I said, Rick, is there anything that you need? He said, I'm awfully hungry. Oh. And I, I said, well, there's a truck stop right over here. Uh, let's go over and get you a lunch. I knew that they had a big buffet, smorgasbord kind of a thing, and he'd mm-hmm. be able to eat all he wanted. So we walked over, and on the way, he said to me, they won't let me eat inside. And I said, why not? He said, because I'm homeless and because I'm an Indian. And mm-hmm. uh, that was that was his words. Wow. And uh, so I said, well, let's go on in and see. So we went in, and I told the uh, lady behind the counter, I'd like to buy my friend uh, the buffet for lunch. And uh, she immediately reached under the counter and got one of those white styrofoam to-go containers Mm. and said, I know he'll want to eat to-go. I know he'll want to eat outside. Mm. And I said, no, ma'am, he wants to eat inside just like everybody else. And so I stayed long enough to make sure that Rick got his food and sat down at a table and was eating. And I slipped out. When we got home from the walk, we were speaking at a church and we were telling that story. And they happened to be taking communion that day. And uh, one of the people who was serving communion prayed uh, for the communion before it was served. And she she prayed the most precious prayer. She said, God, I thank you that at your table there are no to-go containers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. that is that is the most profound thing that anybody has said in a very long time. Uh, the, the walk for us encapsulated the fact that God— loves his creation and desires so much to be reconciled uh, to humankind. Mm. And it it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter uh, what your hangups are or what, what, whatever is going on in your life. He loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Mm. And he doesn't give you a to go container because you don't look right or act right, or uh, you don't meet certain criteria. He loves you and he invites you at his table. Mm. Um, and to me, that just 
that sums up what the walk was about. It, it transformed us. It changed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed our hearts. We prayed before the walk that God would give us the eyes of Jesus, that he would help us see people the way Jesus saw people. Wow. And uh, I always tell people, don't ever pray that prayer unless you want your life to be radically changed, because all of a sudden you don't see people the same way anymore. You don't see them with the same prejudices. You don't see them with the same hatred. You don't see them with the same baggage. Uh, you see them as Jesus saw them with all their potential to be all that God created them and called them to be. Yeah. And uh, that's an amazing thing. Wow, what an amazing story indeed. You know, you know uh, Rick, as we're chatting, uh, I think of another long walk. Uh, maybe it wasn't so long in distance, but it was a walk that certainly was um, exhausting, I dare say. The march down Via Dolorosa that Jesus took on the way to Calvary mm-hmm. when he gave his life for you and for me. No, you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You're just telling us that uh, you had a ministry walking across the U.S. You are in Christian ministry. How did you come to know that Jesus is Lord and Savior? Well, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, My father was a pastor for 55 years. Um, And so I heard the gospel from the time I was old enough to hear. Um, And when I was a young child, I came to the realization that uh, I was a sinner, that I needed uh, forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of the Lord that only he could give, and that it came through uh, his sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross. And Jesus' willingness to lay his life down uh, as a substitution for mine. What I should have suffered and the fact that I should have died uh, was taken care of by a Jesus who loved me so much that he gave himself for me. I love the verse that says that uh, for the joy set before him, Mm. he endured death, even death on the cross. And uh, I believe that that joy that he saw was that when he looked forward into the future, he saw me. He mm. saw deadly, mm. and that gave him great joy to know that what he was getting ready to do was going to allow us to have a relationship with the Father. And so as a, as a young child, I experienced that. But like so many other people who experience salvation, I was uh, a rather lukewarm uh, believer. I was in church every Sunday, and uh, you know I heard the gospel continually, and I heard challenges to be more and to be better and, and all those kinds of things. But until I was 13, I just kind of lived a, a normal, what I would call a normal Christian life. But at the age of 13, I met some Christians, some young people who were absolutely passionate about Jesus and on fire for God in a way that I had never known anyone to be. And during my week with them, uh, I recommitted myself to the Lord and I said, God, this is my yes for the rest of my life. I will serve you. I will do whatever you ask me to do. I will go wherever you ask me to go, and I will give my life to you to make sure that my life is used as a light and as salt to bring as many other people to you as possible. And since the age of 13, I have lived that way. I am more passionate about Jesus than I am about anything else because he has saved me, because he has redeemed me, because I have experienced his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace. And I live my life now to share that with other people so that they can experience the same thing that I've experienced and they can have a relationship with God uh, like I have. And um, it's a joy. It's it's not a burden. Uh, It's a joy to be able to live my life in such a way that I can share that good news with other people. 
Fantastic. Well, Rick McKinney, it's been wonderful meeting you today on The Reality, and well done on your incredible venture across the U.S., walking for so many miles, sharing the gospel of Jesus as you went along. Thank you for joining us on The Reality. What a pleasure to talk to Rick McKinney today on The Reality, finding out about their great expedition of trekking across America by foot. If you'd like to know more, then please get a hold of Rick's book entitled And So We Walked, the inspirational story of a couple's walk across America, where books are sold. Well, today we've been talking about stepping out in faith. We've been talking about taking one step at a time, as Rick and Jane did, stepping, as it were, one step at a time across 2,770 miles across continental USA. Rick did say that he'd come to an agreement with God that whenever God called him to do something, he would simply say, yes. Perhaps God is calling you to step out in faith and to take one step at a time. Perhaps that step is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today. If you'd like to know more, I would love to chat with you. Please write to me by email, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please consider partnering with us at the website, surereality.net. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, as always, keep walking in the sure reality of Christ. <laughs>